Welcome, folks. A very happy Monday to you. Unless you are on Facebook. In this case, through the magic of time-shifted technology, it's not Monday. It's actually Thursday. What? It's what? We have we have time travel capabilities, but we can only travel forward in time, um, and we can't communicate backwards. We can only like it's almost like John. We can record a message. We can send a message into the future. We're basically time travelers from the past. Yes. Whoa. It's really deep, man. It's like that. Hey, I thought California Family Council was opposed to marijuana liberalization. No, no, no. This is just a this is just a reference to that great uh, scene from season three of Stranger Things when all the kids are watching for the first time in 1985 that great great classic movie, which I know even John will appreciate. Back I have to seen. The future. I, yeah. Okay. Back to the Future. Yes. Yeah. I have seen Back to the Future. Yeah. And that is a, that is, it's, it's not really a plot point. It is just a reference. Like so many things in the cult classic on Netflix. You really can't call it a cult classic that has millions and millions of people watching it and tweeting about it. Yeah. It just seems like it's a TV show. Yeah. It's, but, but a it's vaguely a moderately popular TV show. Oh, so more than moderately popular. So good. So good folks. But All that's right. why I know you tune in to life, family, liberty here on talk radio six gotta have the straight man for the funny man to be funny that's, that's right just what the straight man has to be he has I to know. be to kill joy funny man just, can't be funny without the straight man i so i would just say you know I, I would challenge you john i think that you know you would probably you you might like stranger things would i i don't know you might i mean it's what know, evidence wonderful nostalgia and zany antics and and goofy kids with with All 1980s right. bowl haircuts well there you go i i'm uh, whatever. I'm. I'm. I'm just. You're, you're I'm just out. I'm just out on the whole culture. All right. The whole culture is you. terrible. I want to move to Poland. <laughs> I thought you wanted to move to Malta. You know what? Malta's kind of gone downhill. Poland's. I think Poland's the place to be. If it weren't for the fact that Polish is like the hardest language to learn, their food is also not much to write home about. Yeah. Well, hey. Holly Girardi might be listening to this. <laughs> Holly Kleski might be listening to this. So let's let's tone it down over there. All right, sorry. Yeah, apologies. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I'm just saying. Uh, if, we're, if we're looking at countries around the world that are looking the best for uh, pro-life conservative Catholics like myself, Poland is probably the place to be. I'm uh, as the, as the, the the bug out the bug out country of choice. I gotta if 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 things get a little too hot and. Uh, President AOC decides to really start cracking down on stuff. Uh, I think that's where I'm going to flee to. Yeah, I don't blame you. I uh, I was talking to some people, and um, just a, an important disclaimer, folks. As as always, we often say the the views expressed on the show are the personal views of yes, both yes, Jonathan yes. Keller and John Girardi. They don't represent either our organizations, California Family Council, in my case, or yes, and and uh, right AOC is not running for president. I'm not endorsing no. or opposing her no, political but, candidacy. But, but anyway. I but I as I was joking with somebody, mostly joking, folks, mostly joking. mostly joking. I, I was kind talking of. to someone who's they're building a house mm -hmm. here in the the greater fresno area fresno county okay and uh, i was saying yo you know so yeah and they're like yeah you know we're building like the barn part of it first but you know the barn's not gonna be ready yet so we just got the the pg e power and the well and but we're, we're buying a small travel trailer so you're gonna go live out there we're gonna go work on the house and, blah, blah. and i said okay so what's the plan like for the next you know about 18 months or so and uh 
my friend Tiffany said, 18 months. Why, why do you ask 18 months? I'm like, well, you know, I mean, cause that gets you roughly to the end of 2020. And <laughs> if, if Trump doesn't get reelected, then we're all going to be in a we're world of hurt. Di- we're all, we're all dead. Yeah. Basically, you know, I'm, so I just, uh, just joking around. Yeah. And, and, and which she said in that case, we will, um, take the travel trailer that we have been living in and, uh, drive out of state. I've heard of a lot of California, uh, how, what's the word rich people yes uh talking about costa rica yeah apparently that's a big uh de- destination for yeah. the for the wealthy orange county conservative that, uh, i i do know some uh, uh orange county people that have a have a property in costa rica yeah I, I know some people up here in fresno who do too um it seems to be the the place of choice for certain uh california folks in 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 the event of needing a bug out location yeah bug out location there you go so there you go all right well, a now that out, we've discussed where we're going. Bungalow. A bug out bungalow. There you go. Right on the beach in Costa Rica, the rich coast. Okay. So. Let's we, talk about some news. So, John, there is just a, a smorgasbord. And if you're wondering, why are we recording this a couple days early? Uh, it's because as you listen to this on Monday morning, I am actually, uh, I, I think I'm on my way. Maybe I've just landed in Atlanta. I'm taking a red-eye flight from Chicago. Oof. And I will have probably just finally landed in Atlanta. I might maybe by now be getting to my hotel and bleary-eyed, crashing, getting ready for a week of conferences and things. Mm-hmm. So we're recording this a couple days early. If there's some crazy breaking pro-life news, rest assured we will get to it next week, I promise. But I figured there is so much news, John, just, just from a pro-life perspective. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there's tons of stuff we could talk about. I mean, there is, of course... All of our normal issues with the California legislature, although they are actually on... They're in recess. Right? They're they are so. in recess as a... The only time of the year where they're not up to trouble. Yep. They are back home in their districts, I'm sure, enjoying the the sun or the well-earned junkets. fruits of their labors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Our labors, the yeah. well-earned fruits of our labors. Yeah. Uh, Liber- as libertarian Jonathan That's comes right. Out. Yeah. Well, so, but John, there are three major stories. And um, then if we have some time, I want to also talk about the Democratic debate that is mm-hmm. coming up. Uh, the three big stories on today's episode of Life, Family, Liberty are, uh, number one, a, a fairly good news victory for David Daleiden in court. Uh, this last week, he was arguing that um, the outrageous fine against him, the $20 million lawsuit... Well, the the, the amount of damages that Planned Parenthood right. was seeking against him... ...should be dramatically curtailed. And and to be fair, John, you and I both think that the lawsuit should basically be thrown out because it's bogus. For the most part. Uh, but... Uh, the 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 good news is that it was dramatically curtailed. The twenty million dollar lawsuit was whittled down to maybe about a hundred thousand in damages or so, which is more than I've got lying on hand. But yes. in the grand scheme of things, that is better than twenty million dollars. Very, damages. very much so. That's that's story number one, and we'll swing back around and talk about that. Number two is the unceremonious and I think pretty unexpected firing of Dr. Leanna Wynn the president of Planned Parenthood. And if you go and read uh, the uh, blog post from our friends at Students for Life from July 16th, it is chaos. Planned Parenthood fires Leanna Wynn as organization in turmoil. I, I mean, it's a little hyperbolic, but I'd actually say that's pretty accurate. They, uh, the f- fact that you would fire the young millennial minority immigrant president of the world's largest abortion provider and most aggressive, proactive abortion advocacy group 
the fact that you have this person who seems like she could be the president for 20 years. Mm -hmm. She is, again, she is a, uh, she was born in Taiwan. So she is an immigrant. She is obviously female. She is uh, younger. She's a millennial. Um, She's a doctor. Like in terms of the intersectionality uh, bingo card, of she's checking a lot of boxes. Well, I don't know about Asians. Asians. Uh, that's true. <laughs> that's actually negative demerit. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're applying, points. certainly if you're applying to college, that's not helping you. Not if you're at Harvard or Yale. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but John, it's interesting, and this is one of the things I want to talk about is her the fact that she actually not only uh, not only is that the case, but she may have gotten negative points because she refused to use trans inclusive language. Yes, shockingly that she was trying to that she viewed her job as the running of a healthcare organization uh, that was meant to cater chiefly to women and kept talking about women. And this was not appreciated by Planned Parenthood because as Julian Castro reminded us at the last uh, Democratic debate, we need to, Julian Castro was in favor of uh, federally funded abortions for, for men in addition to women. And by that, for trans women. Yes. By that he means biological females John. who are identifying as males but who still have x x chromosomes and still have uteruses and still have ovaries and who become pregnant everyone knows john as as we've heard uh men can get pregnant too yes as as certain uh left-wing twitter accounts would put it Men can get pregnant. Men can get pregnant. Men can get pregnant. It's the Twitter thing of just repeating a phrase until you run out of your 280 characters on Twitter because and and that is uh, that apparently is intended to be an argument. That's right. Repetition to, is yes, an argument. Repetition. Yeah, just saying the same thing until you drown out other discourse. That is what constitutes let, an argument. Let me. Uh, th- there's other stories, John. We 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 need to talk about one if we have some time. I want to give a give a discussion of the. Other big win, the Trump administration, in an, kind of a shocking move, won at the Ninth Circuit. Yes. In an uh, en banc panel, which... Which is shocking. We'll come back and have you talk about, but they uh, they won. Um, and that means that their effort to defund Planned Parenthood clinics... About, at least a portion of their funding. About $60 million of funding annually, which is not, again, not chump change. Not chump change. It's not the big $500 million prize of how much money Planned Parenthood gets from Medicaid reimbursements, but it's something. It's still a big deal. Um, And then we're going to have, if you have some time, talk about the upcoming Democratic presidential debate because that is, believe it or not, right around the corner. Um, Really looking forward to it. I I actually am. I think that it is a... I am actually really not. (laughs) It's July 30th and 31st, and we're we're definitely going to talk about it. It's, a, it's uh, like, a, hey, future episode. Hey, do you want to hear a bunch of people interrupting each other and or a bunch of small bite sized campaign speeches from 20 different people? Yeah. Yes. Well, this is the program. Have we for you. got the show for you. There you go. Uh, but, John, I wanted to real quick read you just a little bit. Uh, I, I want to f- first spend a little bit of time talking about Leanna Wynn. We, we talked about it briefly, but let me let me read you just a little bit from the website Jezebel. Uh, Jezebel, which the uh, the subheader is a supposedly feminist website. And I don't know, John, I mean, uh, even if I didn't believe any of the stories in the Bible, even if I was not a particularly religious person, naming yourself after like the the prototypical 
evil witchy like baby murdering uh god hating woman in all of scripture yeah which one was jezebel she was king ahab's wife the one who like you know opposed the prophets of god and was Uh, like she died by falling out a window and having like dogs eat her bones (laughs) i mean it's like it's like really like visceral like anyway um okay when we come back from the break when we come back from the break i'm going to read something from the website jezebel uh, title of the article is Leanna Wynn's Brief Tumultuous Tenure at Planned Parenthood. All right. Um, it, it is actually, I think, important to see why she was in a headline I could not make out, n- not make up, forced out after eight months. <laughs> Planned right. Parenthood president forced out after eight months. Hate it when that happens. <sighs> we will be back on today's episode of Life, Family, Liberty. frog in my throat or something hey welcome 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 back to life family liberty i'm your host jonathan keller uh, is this the new pronunciation of your name apparently all right i don't, I don't know well, i am jean gerard yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, just uh, the nemesis from the movie talladega nights the french <laughs> played by the french italian uh played by um uh who was that oh the crazy actor the borat actor Oh yeah, he uh, played Jean Girard in Talladega Sasha Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen. There you go. Uh, Talladega Nights is a fantastic movie. You Every know, time it comes on, I'm like, I still, I am, I am watching this for the next hour and a half. I, I still haven't seen that as well. It's, it's it's a gap in my Will Ferrell catalog. You haven't seen Talladega? Oh man, that, no, now I've that's seen, I've seen bits and pieces. I'm bringing Pepe Le Pew. I've seen. Uh, hey, it's me, America. I've seen. Uh, I've seen kicking and screaming, which is another great. Uh, where where Will Ferrell lives uh, next door to the actual Mike Ditka playing himself in the movie. Oh, man. I that, don't think I've seen that. Oh, you got to see that one. Th- that one is much more uh, kid-friendly. Oh, is it? Okay. Um, and it's very funny. There's a scene where he's... Uh, he he's he gets into a, a he gets into a fight and he accidentally steps like his dad apparently hates Mike Ditka even though he lives next to him <laughs> and they get his dad and Mike Ditka get into a fight and uh, Mike Ditka punches Mike. and uh, Will Ferrell jumps in front and gets hit in the face and later you see him at the doctor and he's like I did it I took a punch from Mike Ditka and I did not go down his fists are like small trucks it's it's actually very funny my favorite part okay so my favorite part in Talladega Nights was at one point he's racing. And the announcer's all, it appears that Ricky Bobby has put a massive ad for Fig Newtons on his windshield. And he says, this this is dangerous and inconvenient, but I do love Fig Newtons. <laughs> yep. Uh, Phenomenal. It's, anyway. It's, it's good. I, I recommend... Uh, I recommend Will Ferrell. Screaming. Will Ferrell, everyone. That's right. A round of applause. So, um, speaking of controversial... Uh, no, I, I, there's no real transition from Will Ferrell. I don't want to even besmirch his good name with uh, this transition. So I'll just make a hard pivot. Uh, Jezebel, the article we were mentioning before the break, the, the website has an article by Esther Wang titled, Leanna Wynn's Brief Tumultuous Tenure at Planned Parenthood. More details are emerging that shed light on why the Planned Parenthood Federation of America and its political action fund pushed out Dr. Leanna Wynn less than a year into her tenure as president. 
And the picture the allegations paint is not a pretty one. According to a report by BuzzFeed News, her wins brief time at Planned Parenthood was marked by a number of high, uh, a number of departures of high-level political staffers, alarm over her reportedly more conservative views on how to protect and expand abortion access, complaints about her management style, and a quote significant decline in fundraising. Uh, So they decline in fundraising. Ah, hmm. well, that's all about the Benjamins, to quote. (laughs) Ilhan Omar. Uh, the, I don't care what your question is. For most of them, the answer is money. That's right. I, I had not know. I had not heard that point that that fundraising was going. To so I'm gonna I'm gonna read uh, John. Uh, you and I were talking about this before off air. In a statement when released on Tuesday, she wrote that she and the board chairs had quote philosophical differences over the direction and future of Planned Parenthood. When continued quote. I came to Planned Parenthood to run a national health care organization. The new board leadership has determined that the priority of Planned Parenthood moving forward is to double down on abortion rights advocacy. With the landscape changing dramatically in the last several months and the right to safe legal abortion care under attack like never before, I understand the shift in the board's prioritization. So, John, this is she's a... Play, she's really kind of playing the good soldier for someone who just she, got fired within eight months. She, she is. And I, and I think there's something very significant because I read some other articles about this. Even the language that she moved here, that she used here, she talks about abortion rights advocacy. She talks about abortion, safe legal abortion care is under attack. Um, but at the beginning, she said, I came to Planned Parenthood to run a national health care organization. Apparently, one of the things that she was doing that really irked a lot of the leadership was mm-hmm. she would go through press releases. And she's the president, so she can yeah. do whatever she wants. The press releases. She would rewrite the press releases, and she did not like to just use the word abortion by itself. Yeah. She would always try to say abortion care. Right. You know? And we've heard this. Which, frankly, as much as I think it's euphemistic nonsense... She was smart to do that. She was. It's better PR wise. Yes. Like she's not wrong. Nope. Nope. And she, the, the thing is that's amazing to me is that she was trying to provide a softer, gentler edge um, on this. And I, I, I want to read some of the other ways she tried to do that. But I think she was a victim of trying to fight this new, far aggressive abortion battle uh, with the Clinton's 1990s playbook of this, not safe, legal, and rare, but just that, oh, we just, well, you know. I mean, she's she's less, I mean, she's trying to appeal to the middle. And Planned Parenthood seems to, their board seems to have gone crazy. Yep. And decided that the people they need to appeal to are Democratic primary voters or something. And that's, and maybe from their perspective, given that they've lost some fundraising, um, maybe they're right. Maybe that's where their bread is buttered, and maybe that's where their money comes from. So listen to this. It says, in a previous statement, Wynn had written that the best way to, quote, protect abortion care, unquote, is to emphasize that it is, quote, a political, not a political issue, but a health care one, unquote. She went on to write that the organization could, quote, build support for reproductive rights by finding common ground with the large majority of Americans who understand reproductive health care as the fundamental uh, right that it is, unquote. Yet at a time... When abortion rights and access are under increasing attack in Republican-dominated states, Wynn's stance on abortion and the work still, and the work needed to be done to fight for abortion access was at odds with that of many of the long-standing political staffers. Note, John, the political staff, the political staffers. They yeah. say it right here. Mm-hmm. Planned Parenthood is not a healthcare organization, and the firing of Leanna Wynn proves that. Yeah. It's a political organization that happens to offer some healthcare services. A political organization that is intended to keep 
a stream of government money flowing. And if you're not, you know, if you're not a great political whiz, uh, you basically don't have any business running Planned Parenthood. And that seems to be what they've decided. Now listen to this. One source told BuzzFeed News that when Wynn started, she was not interested in, quote, the long-term future of abortion access work that had already been going on, saying there was no budget for it, unquote. Well, yeah. Really? She wasn't interested in that? That Apparently. That seems odd. And then back to the article. Wynn's more conservative framing of abortion access and sexual and reproductive health also alarmed some people at Planned Parenthood. Wow. From BuzzFeed News. Quote, two sources told BuzzFeed News that Wynn also refused to use trans-inclusive language. Yes. Ah. Listening and you're not seeing us on Facebook Live. I did scare quotes because that's what they put. They put trans-inclusive language. Trans-inclusive language. For example, saying people instead of women and telling staff that she believed talking about transgender issues would, quote, isolate people in the Midwest. Yep. Those hayseeds in the Midwest. That's right. Acknowledge certain biological realities like that only biological women with an XX would, well. Yeah, For the most part, John, biological women are the only people who are getting pregnant around here. And here, and here you go. For, and this is this is what I was mentioning before. For a period of a few months, Wynn sometimes went through Planned Parenthood's press releases and documents, deleting the word "sexual" from the phrase "sexual and reproductive health." Mm-hmm. So just reproductive health, not sexual and reproductive health, but reproductive health. The source said she also resisted using the word "abortion" as a standalone term, preferring "abortion care" or other phrases entirely. As we've said, smart. So, John. Um, I, I just have to think here. I'm sure, I'm sure that all those voters in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, those states that Donald Trump won, I'm sure that they will be thrilled to hear Elizabeth Warren or Kamala Harris tell them that they need to be on the hook for taxpayer funding of men who want to get abortions. I'm sure they'll be delighted. It's it. I, I'm surprised that Trump hasn't made this a big talking point. Yet. Oh, just wait. It's coming. Just wait. And we will have even more about this story and the other big ones on today's episode of Life, Family, Liberty. Welcome back to Life, Family, Liberty. I'm your host, Jonathan Keller. Just whistling the great melodious tune from that Kansas hit Dust in the Wind during the, the break. Hoping for a moment and the moment's gone. See, it's, it's that good. It's, it's a phenomenal song. It is a good song. There you go. See, folks, this is what you miss by not watching Facebook. Yeah. If you, if you were watching Facebook, you'd get to see us uh, w- idly whistling Dust in the Wind yeah. and realizing it's stuck in each other's heads. Anyway, all sorts of cool stuff. Okay. So, John, we've been, talking, family liberty. we've been talking about these crazy stories, um, big stories, but I want to tie up a bow on this final story about uh, Planned Parenthood firing its president, Leanna Wynn. Um, this is something that is, I, I, it's a big story, John. We're talking about the largest killer of unborn children in the country and arguably maybe in the world. So... I, it's a very macabre subject, but you also kind of have to you have to laugh a little bit at some of the ways the story is reported. Um, let me let me read this to you. It says sources also cited quote significant management issues as a reason for Wynn's ouster, and then this goes back to that story from BuzzFeed. During the beginning of Wynn's tenure at Planned Parenthood, the staff she brought with her distributed a 182-page handbook 
with rules and tips for staffing when. Hmm. This is not the official Planned Parenthood handbook. This is a separate 182-page handbook just for this is how you need to treat your new boss. The special assistant guide from the Baltimore City Health Department, which is where Dr. Wynn was before, according to a copy obtained by BuzzFeed News, details guidelines on timeliness, quote, nothing can fall through the cracks, unquote, office demeanor, quote, make sure to frequently look up from Twitter and make eye contact with Dr. Wynn to see if she is trying to communicate urgent information, unquote. Language use, quote, Dr. Wynn learns, uh, not hears, unquote. And correspondence, try not to look at emails more than once. Take care of it then. Huh. So uh, it says... Seems very particular. She seems very particular. Uh, according to two sources who spoke with BuzzFeed News, she had been in talks with the board for about six months and given specific directive for improvement, but the process clearly broke down. So here's the funny thing, John. Uh, that stuff from the 180... Two-page handbook. Yeah, that that sounds a little bit um, particular, a little bit. Um, I will neurotic, say though, but somewhat in defense of that, mm -hmm. if you're a CEO of a major, you corporation, mean like a, like a billion-dollar corporation? Yes, and that's Planned Parenthood. Uh, if you're the CEO of a billion-dollar corporation, it's not that crazy, actually. No, like especially if you're working with a younger workforce who is a lot of times they're volunteers. Maybe they've been hired out of volunteering and are not. Yeah, Maybe like, not you know, the most yeah, professional you know, people. She, this is this is someone who you hired to be a CEO of a national organization. You've given her a ton of work to do, and presumably she's getting paid pretty well. She was sought out for this, like you know. Yeah, she's. You have the right probably to be a, a boss, little bit blank, demanding in particular. Boss blank blank. You know. Yep. Yep. You know, <laughs> this is the way these things happen. While she's you know leading an organization that tries to kill babies. Anyway, it it is like I said. It's um. It's it's just a really remarkable thing that this gal is not what they want, and it's it's a very it seems like it's a very simple, straightforward thing. Yes. they need to focus more on politics. They can't focus as much on trying to run a healthcare organization because uh, that's not. I can't be busy worried about actual providing healthcare. I'm too busy again, in Dr. Wynn's words, and it, it's doubling also, down on abortion rights well, advocacy. It also it, it shows what the facts and the statistics about Planned Parenthood are showing, which if you assess Planned Parenthood's annual reports, you will see all of their non-abortion services have been in the decline for a solid decade. And the only service that they provide, which is they're providing more and more and more of every single year, is abortion. Abortion keeps going up, 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 up. These other services go down, 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 down. So the focus more and more both in terms of the the doctrine they're advocating for, the, the, the principles they advocate for, the focus is more and more on abortion. And also in de facto, the, the stuff that they're advocating more and more of, the stuff they're doing more and more of, because it's the most profitable thing they do, is abortion. Yep. So it, it kind of makes sense that here's Dr. Wen trying to kind of ease the tensions around the country, and it seems like the board is just tired of her and just like, you know what? No. We want someone who's going to just tell it like it is. We're about abortion. Abortion's cool. Shout your abortion, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and uh, abortion is a fundamental right. By the way, this whole language of fundamental rights, by the way, I could talk about that for another 20 minutes. But but that that seems to be the whole, that seems to be what's happening. They, they're, they're taking off the mask. And I think their board is crazy to do that. Oh, but yeah. I, but that, that seems to be what they're doing.
I, I 100% agree with you. Um, and I think that it is, it's a sign, I think, of desperation. And it's a, it's a good sign, I think, for the pro-life movement that, you know, anytime there is turmoil and confusion um, in your opponent's uh, camp, I think it's generally a good thing. And the thing I want to point out also, John, that kind of blows my mind is just just going back to the fact that she was specifically worried about the trans-inclusive language, quote-unquote. Um, I, just, I just find this so incredibly bonkers that... And, and frankly, John, I have to wonder how even some older feminists feel. Because if you're, if you're someone who is a longtime supporter of Planned Parenthood, you're a longtime advocate for legal abortion... Mm-hmm. Part of the reason, presumably, that you have been a advocate for abortion uh, is because you believe that, you know, women should have the right to control their own bodies and, you et know, cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, I have talked to and read online stories of many, many women who have looked at the increasing intersectional, intersectional nature of the left and have said, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for biological men to be able to put on a dress and uh, win woman of the year right like caitlin jenner right or put on a put on a dress and get some breast implants and be able to uh use the restroom at my place of employment yeah especially uh, when i was sexually assaulted yeah. by a man in a rest in a woman's restroom yeah and then and now we're you know we're not we're going to totally ignore my privacy concerns and my my legitimate fears as it relates to sexual assault or I mean, again, you look at the approximate numbers that people talk about for the uh, transgender community. It's, it's less than 1%. I've heard that it's between like 0.3 and 0.7%. So you're talking about making it, I know it's not the only issue, but it's significant to me that this seemed to be a big enough sticking point for Planned Parenthood that they were throwing Dr. Wynn under the bus over the fact that she was refusing to use Again, scare quotes, trans-inclusive language. Uh, John, language that applies to maybe at best, even if you round it way up, Mm -hmm. you're you're talking about 50% more than the actual 0.7%. Let's say it's 1%. 1% of the population of your your target area, and you're going to fire someone over that. Right. A, A lot of these Planned Parenthood people got into this for women's health. Right. Not for not for transgender radical advocacy. Right. Um, anyway, it's just amazing. Okay, when we come back, we still have two other big stories, plus the debate overview oh on today's God. episode, I know, of Life, Family, Liberty. Welcome back to Life, Family family liberty i am your host jonathan keller thanks for being with us today yes also, i thank you too also john joining Girardi. me i thank you we're also hosting me because i'm actually in his studio is john Girardi. thank Th- you thank you so much for gracing our studio with your presence i'm i'm it's always a, happy to be here been a been a fun day of radio yeah yeah it's, it's good I'm, I'm glad to get to do this sometimes I, I i always love recording live but sometimes it can also be good to pre-record just sometimes yes. yeah I, I like pre-recording it yeah. seems to be my thing lately <laughs> moving right along so um 
John, we, we talked about Dr. Leanna Wynn. I, I'm not going to spend a whole lot more time because, I mean, we, we probably could spend some more time, but I'm going to move along because we still have at least two other big stories. Um, number one story, quickly, um, David Delighton, our friend at the center of the Center for Medical Progress case, um, a big win for him. The judge in the case, despite being a Planned Parenthood Excuse me. Planned Parenthood okay. aficionado. No, I've done that too. Well, you know, we, uh, we've all done it. We've all been there, Jonathan. Uh, a Planned Parenthood aficionado, a, a fundraiser. I, he helped fund or found a Planned Parenthood clinic. Um, despite that fact, he somehow was wise enough, smart enough that he was going to tone down his radical Planned Parenthood advocacy uh, and actually reduce the initial damages or award from $20 million, which is what Planned Parenthood had requested, down to about 100000 And it's not, it's not finalized. There's still some changes, but from everything I've read, it sounds like the Center for Medical Progress is very grateful, very happy with uh, how this is uh, coming into play. Yeah. Um, it, it seems like uh, they are in a much better place than they might than they might have been uh, owing a hundred thousand dollars is not as bad as owing 20 million so uh they're it, it's in a good it, it, it's certainly a better outcome than what they could have faced yes it's a big uh it's a big deal um and i will read you a little bit of the uh press release here from our friend david uh the title san francisco judge eviscerates planned parenthood lawsuit against undercover videos uh in a big victory for First Amendment freedoms of citizen journalists on Wednesday, a federal judge in San Francisco indicated his intent to decisively cut back Planned Parenthood's retaliatory lawsuit against the Center for Medical Progress for the undercover videos documenting Planned Parenthood's sale of aborted fetal body parts. In his tentative ruling, Judge William Oreck III rejected Planned Parenthood's false and long-running smear that accused CMP citizen journalists, including David Dalyden, of attempting to incite threats and violence by publishing the undercover videos, instead of simply publishing a true news story of public interest. Yeah, and I mean, it seems like the crux of what Planned Parenthood was alleging was, you owe us $20 million because by exposing what we actually say... You made other people mad at us, and now we're afraid that other people will engage in violence against us. So any security updates we did at any of our Planned Parenthood facilities, uh, we did it because of you. So you owe us the cost of all of those security updates. Overlooking the fact that, for example, the Planned Parenthood in Fresno is located in the most dangerous part of Fresno, basically. Yep. So maybe they needed security updates for other reasons than that. Yes. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm very excited, John. It's a good, it's a good, good thing that the judge who is not, again, as we said, not in any means a, um, a great friend of the pro-life movement. A very left-wing judge who himself helped donate to and found a Planned Parenthood affiliate in San Francisco, uh, somehow still voted, ruled in David's favor. Now, Jonathan, I'm not sure if you were trying to get through like three news stories in one segment. But there is some interesting Ninth Circuit stuff to talk about. The, Speaking of yes. federal judges in San and, Francisco. And, and I think that would be good. We're going to save for this for this next segment, which will be our last segment. We will save the discussion of the Democratic debate. So, yes, for the, for the rest of this segment, since we've since we've referenced Judge Oreck, I think it would be valuable to talk about the uh, the Ninth Circuit. The Ninth Circuit. So, John, for, first off, a little bit of background history for people who follow the concerns and the frustrations of um, 
conservative judicial world, uh, conservative judicial Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. The, the Ninth Circuit is is really a a byword. I mean, yes. for decades it has been viewed derisively as not only the biggest circuit but the the worst, the worst. circuit. Yeah. So the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeal. So There's, the federal judiciary has three levels. You have the U.S. Supreme Court at the top. You have the circuit courts in the middle, which are panels of several judges, and each federal circuit represents a certain region of the country. So the first circuit represents much, much of New England. The second circuit represents New York and uh, I think Connecticut, uh, New York and I think Vermont and Connecticut. Uh, the third circuit represents these states, blah, blah, blah. California and most of the Western United States is in the Ninth Circuit, which is by far the largest. And just because of who happened to be president at what times and which judges wound up dying or retiring at which times, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals has for the last 20, 30 years been dominated by very left-wing judges. So much so, and, and, and not just left-wing judges, but crazily activist left-wing judges who are far more left-wing than even the liberals on the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, a lot of Usually when a circuit court rules a certain way and that decision is appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, there's a certain presumption in favor of the circuit court's ruling. The Supreme Court's only going to overturn them if they have very good reason. Uh, it seemed to have been the opposite of that for the Ninth Circuit. The Supreme Court would very often overturn decisions by the Ninth Circuit. They were the most, the single most overturned circuit court in the nation. Right, right. So the the Ninth Circuit has been very left-wing for years, but what's happened is that a number of liberal justices, judges on the Ninth Circuit have either died or resigned since President Trump came into office, and Trump has replaced all of those judges with really great new appointments and has circumvented some of the Democratic, the Democrats' um, obstruction efforts, uh, particularly efforts by Dianne Feinstein and Kamala Harris to prevent the president from appointing uh, conservative judges who are kind of from California on the Ninth Circuit. So uh, President Trump has done an unbelievable job. So now the Ninth Circuit is not... It's still majority liberal, but there's a very large conservative minority, and this has resulted in some really great cases being decided the right way by the Ninth Circuit. Most recently, the decision to uphold President Trump's regulations, taking away Title X funding from Planned Parenthood, which is a source of 60 million bucks per year that Planned Parenthood receives, which the Ninth Circuit just upheld in an en banc decision just a few weeks ago. So the reason that I think this is significant, John, is not, as you said, not for the, the relatively meager amount of money. Because mm-hmm. it, I mean, it is. It's, it's about 10% of their If, if it goes fund. all the way through. Because they get about $600 million a year. It's only $60 million. But I think the important thing here is that at fr- uh, the, the first step is it goes to show that and this may be why I think Planned Parenthood is nervous and might have played even in their decision to fire Dr. Wynn, why they feel the need to be much more aggressive and much more um, confrontational. Mm -hmm. This is really maybe the first significant court victory for conservatives um, against Planned Parenthood. I mean, one of the most significant. Yeah. Because... Even if you look at something, I mean, we think, John, of the biggest Supreme Court. Not for the result achieved, but the venue where it was achieved. That's that's also true. The the venue is probably number one. Number two is the 
the fact that can you really think john of any significant decision since roe v wade Mm -hmm. that has significantly and meaningfully curtailed abortion rights in the united states Probably the Hyde Amendment is the single biggest one. And that's something that's legislative, which they're pushing back on very hard. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, the courts have been the domain of Planned Parenthood in the abortion industry. Right. Even in the one case in the 90s where we thought, 1992, okay, we're going to get to have a a redo, a a mulligan. We're going to overturn Roe. Mm Mm-hmm. That was where wonderful Justice Anthony Kennedy rode in and saved the day in that decision, Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Stabbed us all in the back. I mean, basically, literally, the fact that their name, Planned Parenthood's name, is on the most significant case other than Roe v. Wade goes to show what a central player they've been. Mm -hmm. And essentially, they have been more or less untouchable. Yeah. You know? For the most, I mean... That's the way we frame it. I mean, Planned Parenthood would say Planned Parenthood versus Casey was a terrible decision because it allowed states to introduce, you know, parental notification laws and uh, more uh, informed consent laws and 24-hour waiting periods and things like that, which they fervently, fervently oppose. But the fact remains, Planned Parenthood versus Casey upheld the principle that abortion has to be legal for all nine months of pregnancy and for any reason. And I think the, the, the thing that's key here that is exciting to me is that even in the, like you said, the venue, even in the liberal Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, even when they had the redraw, because the, the thing that adds kind of insult to injury for them and that makes it just that much sweeter for us, can you explain the whole idea of what the en banc ruling is? Okay, yeah. So when a circuit court hears an appeal from one of the district courts, so district court's the lowest level, the circuit courts are in, intermediate. When the circuit court hears an appeal from the district courts, they get a million gazillion appeals. Rather than have all, in the case of the Ninth Circuit, I think there was almost 27 20 judges, 27 judges yeah. on the Ninth Circuit. Rather than have all 27 judges hear every single case, the way it works is, first you have a panel of three judges hear the case. They hear the case and issue a ruling. In this case, they ruled the right way. And then if there are people who object to that initial ruling, an en banc hearing takes place where you get a larger panel of about 11 judges who get together and hear the case. Because of the appointments President Trump made, we had a good three-judge panel that ruled the right way, and then we had a majority conservative 11-judge panel for the en banc rehearing. So President Trump's judicial appointments are making an impact even in the crazy liberal Ninth Circuit. Which, you know what? I mean, again, putting on my personal hat politically, I'm, uh, I'm grateful for those judge appointments. Put it that way. Heck yeah, man. Very grateful. We'll be back with some more political news on life, family, liberty.